The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. What's up, fellas? Another show, Thursday night. Had a little thunderstorm come through the area, but got some nice sunshine to end the evening here. Uh, sitting across from Smitty and Maddie Nails. What's going on, boys? Whew, been a hiatus for me, boys. Glad to be back. Uh, work's finally slowing down a little bit. Normal life, personal life, finally slowing down a little bit. Might be able to enjoy the summer and finally glad to be back talking some sports, a little baseball, a little Belmont, whatever else we got on tap tonight. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Nice to see everybody. Nice to have Maddie Nails back on the show. We did one Sunday night. We missed you. But yeah, let's get after it. A lot of, lot of information to go over and uh, let's try to give it out to our best of opinion here. Matt, real quick before we go. So obviously here at Notebook Wagering, um, you know, we we give our employees ample vacation time throughout the year. That's something we have. That's our core values is family time and friend time and away time. Uh, so obviously last week was Memorial Day. Uh, we allowed you to take off and, and enjoy your family. Um, one, did you catch the biggest fish on your trip prior to Memorial Day? And two, did you enjoy your Memorial Day? Uh, all right. One, I did not catch the biggest fish but I did catch the most fish. Excellent. And um, I picked up a fly rod for basically only the second time in my life. And we have a couple well-known fly fishermen in our group and they got skunked and I did not get skunked. So there was a little bit of angry people out there on the river. And Memorial Day was good. Sorry, I couldn't join. I was actually at the casino making some bad sports bets on Sunday night. So <laughs> probably should have been better to actually been on the podcast. I actually would have chosen to be with you at the casino. <laughs> okay. It was a good time. So <laughs> Me too. All right, boys. Let's just get right into this. So we touched base on kind of last week what we wanted to talk about this week. So let's start with MLB. Uh, so we did MLB Knots. Broke down some... Um, Home and away schedules, some teams, you know, we were kind of iffy on some teams that are surprising us, uh, cold teams. Um, so I wanted to dive in a little more player-wise player, uh, player wise right now. So I tasked Smitty and the boys with uh, doing a little homework. So just drop a few names in two categories. The first category we're going to go with um, is rising stars offensively, you know, relatively under three, four years in a league, you know, there's guys that have been there six, seven years. We, let's take them out. Um, so we'll touch with them, and then we'll transition to rising stars on the mound. Um, so, Smitty, why don't you start us off, rising stars offensively, or, you know, you're just your typical fielder. Well, I mean, looking at the NL, you know, I kind of dove in the NL. I mean, Tatis is just must-watch television. Sure. Soto, given. I mean, coming in the other night, 299, 16 home runs, uh, 37 RBIs. Acuna from the Braves, uh, you know, again, what he's doing for Atlanta, 
with we talked on Sunday night with some guys, you know, with um, what's his name that just got arrested. They need as much offense as they can get. And again, Soto from the Nats. I mean, just three stars there. You know, you look at their ages, Tatis 21, Acuna 22, Soto 21. So those are, you know, Soto needs a lot more help in D.C. this year uh, with the offense. But especially with him, they have him even leading off some games now. So, but I mean, those to me right there, three great, great players and must watch. And, you know, being a Pirate fan, I'm going to throw one out. I'm glad Hayes is back for the Pirates. It's something to tune in and try to watch the Pirate games. There's not a, there's not a lot to root for there. So it's nice to have that. And he could be a superstar too. So those are my top guys. Yeah, it's a tease, obviously. MLB, um, it seems like they're marketing him pretty well. Obviously, he's on the uh, MLB, the show cover. And that's kind of the extent of the marketing, but he's making the league fun again. You know, his celebrations is 3-0 grand slam that, you know, he took a lot of fly for, but uh, and he's got the flashy um, sunglasses, the bleached hair, like he's just enjoyable to watch. I mean, he makes it fun. And, and I think that's what the sport's missing. Um, you touched on Soto. I mean, Soto, I think we're, we're watching two of the all-time greats play uh, before our very eyes, one being Mike Trout. Um, obviously he's an older guy, but Juan Soto, you know, is in my opinion, the second best guy behind Trout. Um, and I think his stats back it up. So he's in the hitting category. He's being compared to guys like obviously Mike Trout, Ted Williams, Jimmy Fox, Roger Horns being Ty Cobb. I mean, some of those are the greatest hitters to ever play the game. Um, so that just tells you right there, you know, he's, he's on a, you got good, great, you know, legendary, and then this this other shelf that is almost unreachable uh, for decades, and I think he sits in there. Acuna, same thing. Uh, Smitty, was it was it you telling me that the Nats there was an opportunity for them to have Acuna and Soto at the same time? That was not me. That was Somebody, not. You know what? It was BJ. It was our friend BJ. So he he dove in, and apparently um, sources were saying Acuna must sign with the the uh, Nats. Could you imagine him and Soto one two right there? And Trey Turner. And Trey Turner, yeah. Incredible. Um, all right, Matt, why don't you give us a couple names? I'll dig a little deeper. I mean, those guys to me are all – they're they've become common core names, the Tatis, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Acuna. So just because I do some fantasy and look for some good futures bets on maybe some rookie of the years, I'll drop five names. But the one that I really like right now is Jared Walsh. He's the first baseman for the Angels. They cut Pujols for a reason. It's because this kid is legit. He's hitting 300. His OPS is almost 1,000. He only has 190 plate appearances, and he's got 12 bombs with 38 runs batted in. He's going to be a star. Now they just need to get Trout healthy, keep Otani healthy, and find some other pitching, and they might be able to get back in the race, but their division's really tough. Um, Two other guys that I really like, Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox. Yeah. He he really doesn't have a position. Um, he probably should be a first baseman, but because of Braves there, they play him in left field. So he's still kind of learning. He's battling a little bit with some injuries, and he didn't get on the field early because he was struggling. He's a rising star in my eyes. And then there's a kid in Baltimore named Cedric Mullins, who's he's hitting just under 300. He has nine steals. And if Baltimore is going to turn – anything around that they have going there. Cause it's been a bad organization now for 20 years. He's going to be part of it. They have a lot of young talent in Baltimore with him, 
uh, Trey Mancini, and they have three really good young pitchers. Uh, the problem is Means is really the only starter. The other two kids are in the bullpen. So they might be able to do okay, but Mullins is a name to keep an eye out. I don't know if he's technically a rookie this year, but it might be something to look to put a bet on. And then I actually bet uh, Jazz Chisholm of the Marlins to be the NL Rookie of the Year. And he started out on an absolute tear, and then he got dinged up, and now he's back. He hit a, he hit a home run last night. I think he's got six on the year. I think he has nine steals. So he's got a little work to do to catch up to Dylan Carlson, but he's a guy that if anybody's listening and wants to throw a little – coin on for maybe NL rookie of the year you might get some good odds I believe I got him at 30 to 1 and he had an RBI single tonight against the Pirates go Chisholm I'll tell you what you t- I was going to hit Chisholm on there as well you know he kind of reminds me of um you guys remember D Gordon from Miami he ended up leading a uh hitting one year um so Chisholm's batting 272 um you know he is a true rookie to, to bat 272 that if he can get that up a little more as a second baseman, I mean, that's a premier second baseman's batting average. Um, I like what he does. He's quick. You know, he just, I have that D Gordon um, style with him, just short, fast, just contact hitting with a little bit of power, um, just real electric player. I think Derek Jeter's got something in him. Um, when you said Vlad Guerrero Jr., I'm not going to consider him a rising star until he hits that ball that bounces off the plate like his dad did. <laughs> well, he's, he's going to eventually he will that's why i said until he does uh and he pre- just he just mashes the ball yes he does yeah he swings I mean, that's, angry that's and you know we've talked about that team before you know bo bichette's another one uh biggio's boys on that team yeah yep. uh the kid um q i forgot his name uh sunday night you brought him up he pitched uh last night i believe for them didn't throw as well as he did in the first game for them but you know it seems like he has a lot of talent too as one of their young arms on that team yeah that was a noah uh we'll talk about that Uh, but i'll give mine so a guy who kind of flies under the radar now he's he's got roughly four years under him is uh rafael devers out of boston um he's kind of under the radar now he obviously 2020 uh, was kind of a weird season, right? For anybody, you know, for stats, but um, he led the big leagues in extra base hits in 2019 um, total bases. Um, he used to strike out a lot. Uh, he's cleaned his strikeouts um, pretty well. And he hits for some power, hits a lot of extra base hits, um, very consistent hitter. And I'm, I'm sorry, I lost his batting average lifetime. I want to say it was like, to uh, da, 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 da. Well, he's batting over the last 12 games, 326 with five homers, 11 runs, 13 RBIs. He's got something there. Um, I hadn't pulled up, I lost it. Uh, another one is Eloy Jimenez. If he can stay healthy, uh, I think he's got something going, uh, for, for Chicago. Uh, they've got a little team going, you know, Tim Anderson's another, another decent hitter if he can stay healthy, and then that year, me and Mercedes, if he can get healthy and his coach doesn't jinx him, saying he's a great hitter. Um, you know, I think he could be another guy that could, uh, kind of splash pretty heavily. Um, I think that's kind of it offensively for me. Um, I think I have a little bit more pitchers. So if you guys don't have any more, I'll, off- I'll throw out one more guy. You, you hit on the white Sox. There's a who, uh, is a pure contact hitter. He, he just does not strike out. He really is 
the glue to that team. And that team, if we're going to talk about betting uh, division winners later in the show, I mean, uh, the White Sox are an easy way to go. Yeah. All right. I, I think there's one more name. And Matt, you know, Matt really dives in. I know him and uh, Jason are in a fantasy and they really dive it in the minor leagues. How about Bobby uh, Witt Jr.? I think he just put on a show the other night in the minors. I think that's another name that's going to be a superstar here very soon. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before he's up. I'll tell you another one. He just went on the I.L. is uh, Yastrzemski. I think he's he's got something going in San Francisco. He started with the Orioles, uh, made his way over to San Fran. Now he's starting for him in left field when he's healthy. Um, you know, he's not a bad hitter. He's got some power, uh, can hit the double pretty well, great defensively. Um, he's kind of a low-key star, you know, because we don't hear from him being so far out on the West Coast, but he does put up solid numbers. He's got the – well, he obviously has the bloodlines. Um, the right. problem is he's actually I – be, I don't hold me to it. I think he's 30. Is he that old? I think. don't. Like I said, don't hold me to it. I'm not 100% positive, but I want to say he's 30. We're going to – I think he I think he toiled around in the minors for a while. All right. We are going to – Find that out. Let's see. Mm, no, not Carl. We already know he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, you can still talk about him, Q, if you want to. <laughs> well, hey, Carl, I love old. I loved old <laughs> Carl, but that that was where my uh, love for the Red Sox died because the teams after him, with Jim Evans or uh, not uh, Jim Rice. Daryl Evans, Evans and those yeah. the Daryl Evans, those cats, man, I hated those guys. Bruce Hurst, Oil Cam Boyd, <laughs> get them out of here. So, well, I, you, so you didn't like Spike Owen there? Man. No, oh, okay. no, he was trash. You are right. <laughs> Thirty years old. Jeez, man, I didn't yeah. realize that old. Yeah, man. it's surprising uh, that it took this long for him to take off, but yep, it did. So we're gonna take him out of that category. He's yeah. I mean, you should be an all star by thirty. I mean, you. Well, Q, right now would be a great line from what movie was this when you say, well, then cross him off then. <laughs> I don't know. That's major that's, league. That's a, little, that's, that's a little major league right yeah. there for you. This guy's dead. Well, cross, <laughs> cross him, him off, off then. then. Oh, I do remember that. You're this, right. guy, this, guy, this guy's 38 years old. We're talking about under 25. We'll cross him off then. Yes, sir. All right, boys. What do you guys have on the mound? Let's let's uh, transition to that. Uh, I'll start off one. I really like him. I actually watched him in college just because I'm a diehard SEC baseball fan. As Smitty talked about, I mean, that is as good as at least double-A minor league ball. I mean, it's just so dominant down there in the south um, with what they pull. Uh, Casey Mize, you know, he came from Auburn. Um, they threw him to the Tigers pretty early. He pitched last year for him as a rookie. Um he, you know, he's, he's had a lot of comparisons to Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer was uh, in Detroit to start. You know, he had a little wild streak there. Um, his command was a little up and down when he was up there, and he came uh, to Washington and ended up creating a Hall of Fame career. Um, Casey Mize just throws so hard. He's got a nasty splitter. If he could just uh, tighten up that command, I think he could be another ace, you know, Max Scherzer-esque. I got three guys. Um, and I don't know if they're going to fit into our younger stars category. Two of them definitely are. But uh, my first one is Brandon Woodruff in Milwaukee. 
he is killing it. You look at every category, there's only one guy ahead of him in every category. And it's basically Jacob deGrom. Otherwise, he is he's and he's getting the same Jacob deGrom treatment in Milwaukee. So he's he's given up one run. His his ERA is 1.2 and I think he has three wins because Milwaukee refuses to score when he's on the mound. Now granted the other team has given him their best shot too because you know that you're going to have to give up one or two runs to beat this guy. It's crazy. Uh, second guy is Julio Urias for the Dodgers. Love when, him. Yeah, when they lost the 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 redheaded kid, what's his May? Dustin Dustin May. Dustin oh. May. Uh, they needed somebody to really step up, and this kid has done it. I mean, his he was he was a high high prospect coming through the minors, and they the Dodgers. He was actually on one of my fantasy squads. The Dodgers were thinking he might be their future closer. And it never panned out that way. And they saw how good his stuff was, and they, they they transitioned him slowly into a starter, and he's killing it now. And then the last guy is kind of – he's not a retread, but he always had the talent, and Zach Wheeler. And he just – he never got it going with the Mets, and he signed with the Phillies. And all of a sudden – and being a diehard Phillies fan, they need pitching, 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 more pitching. This kid has finally given him a bona fide – number two, maybe number three starter. It's still not enough for the Phillies because they still are struggling pitching, but he's really become a good pitcher and he's throwing a ton of case. I think he had 11 the other day, you know, maybe on Sunday I was watching the game. Yeah. I really like Urias. And I think we could even touch on Dustin may, I think pre-injury, like uh, he really came late last year, you know, when they made a world series run, uh, people really got to see him uh, with the care top hair um, but I thought, you know, he was three and one last year. He started 10 games. Uh, Dodgers were in all of those games. Um, I think he's really got something going. He's a hard, hard right-handed thrower, uh, mid nineties. So I really like him as well. I think they have a nice young staff there. Um, another one, he's a little more, um, established. I mean, he's been in the league. This would be his fifth year, but, uh, what Jack Flaherty's really done the last two years, uh, three years really has just been incredible. Um, I mean, he's eight and one right now. He's got a two ninety array. Um, they've won 10 of the games he's pitched in won 10 of 11. I had two no decisions. Um, he's just nasty for the Cardinals. I mean, he is the, um, the prime Chris Carpenter for them. If not a little bit better, in my opinion, he's kept them, kept them afloat single-handedly from a oh. starting pitching standpoint. Yeah. And he goes games too. He doesn't come out after five or six innings. I'll throw out one more name before Smitty goes. Um, yep. If you guys remember Kevin Gossman coming up for the Orioles was yeah, their their Aaron. best. He was, but he was their number one pitching prospect. Like he, I don't know if he was the number one pick in the draft, but he was their number one overall prospect for a, a bunch of years. And now he's out in San Francisco, Aaron and he up. has finally learned how to pitch. I think I think he's matured. He still throws that sinker, which is he's one of the rare guys to actually do it. He pitched, I think it was last night or the night before, and he killed it. He's fourth in baseball in strikeouts. Yeah, he keeps people keep betting against him. Uh yeah. and and uh giant well giants are one of the most profitable teams in baseball. And when he's pitched it, I mean you can almost guarantee it's a win. Yeah. Then I think Gosman, I think he bounced if I'm incorrect, Matt You'll probably know this. Didn't he go to Atlanta on the trade deadline like a couple years ago? He did. He did yeah. Yep. He may have actually, he may have had another stop in there somewhere else too. He may yeah. have bumped around a couple times. 
No, but that was a good. I mean, he's pitching unbelievable. I had does. I had May. You know, again, I'm. I dive more in the NL. I mean, I'm an NL guy more than the AL. So May, you know, the Pirates when they were going to uh, trade their now jailbird uh, reliever a couple of years ago. Man, you know, his name was on top of the list, and you know, I think the old regime of the Pirates wanted a couple more pieces for him, and. Man, I wish we would have got him because, yeah, I, I love him. You know, Julio, the guy from, uh, you were saying, Raris out of there too, really good. I, I had Flaherty down. Chris Paddock uh, for San Diego, I don't think it's having the year like he did maybe last year, but I, I still think is a really another good young arm. The guy out of Milwaukee that Matt talked about, uh, Woodruff, we talked about him Sunday night. I gave out some stats and he's just been dynamite. I'm just glad. Q on this up didn't say Jamie Moyer. (laughs) (laughs) So I I looked up Gossman real quick. He grabbed a cup of coffee in Cincinnati in 2019, literally there for two starts. That was it. See, I don't even, I don't even remember that. uh, Didn't he, when he went to the Braves, wasn't, didn't they end up using him out of the pen? Yeah. I think he was kind of the long reliever uh, setup guy for a while. I remember that. I'll give you another name that kind of, and this is a Derek Jeter move. Um, and I can't remember. Is it, is it Fernandez who tragically passed away? Yeah. Mar- Jose Fernandez. So obviously he was like the real deal uh, for them. And then they, they really haven't had a, a, a go-to pitcher since him. Um, that was 2016 or 17. Um, but Trevor Rogers, what he's doing for them, young kid, he's incredible. He throws mid to high nineties from the left, which you know, if you can find a lefty to throw high nineties, I mean that's a plus in itself. Um, and I'm looking at his stats: three, so six and three this year. Um, he's got a uh, he's throwing ten Ks on average per nine innings, uh, which is up there with you know guys like Max Scherzer, um, Yu Darvish, some other guys. Um, you know, as he's a, a true rookie this year, he's got a three one eight ERA, he's pitched eighteen games. I mean. He's a, well, I'm sorry, lifetime career. Uh, he's really doing it down there and, and they're building something, you know, with these young cats and, and he's pretty young. So, uh, you know, down in South beach, look at him for uh pitching and jazz Chisholm down there. I'll, I'll throw out one more name. This is, this is kind of a longer shot, but just because the Cubs are such a big baseball town, there's a kid he pitched last name named Adbert Al Alzalay. Uh, I hope I pronounced it right. He, he has the pedigree to be really good. They thought he would be more of a closer himself. He only throws two pitches though. So they're trying to teach him how to throw a changeup. I think he throws mainly just fastball slider. So he's got to develop a third pitch, but he's four and four on the year. He has 60 Ks and his whip is 0.91. If he can develop a third pitch, this kid's going to be tough. And it, I mean, and in Chicago, they'll eat him up and love him. Him and Baez together are electric because the, the kid's young and feisty. So, yeah, I like- that I, I watched that game because I, I played that. I gave, I did a money line on the Cubs and I was impressed by him. He's a good yeah, he, arm. Yeah, yep. he's, he's good. Like the, the announcer said, he just needs to develop a third pitch. I'll tell you a guy who's just kind of under the radar and, and maybe this is more because uh, somebody, that uh, I, I follow place for the Rockies. Um, but I don't know if you guys even have looked at this guy, but um, I mean, I'm not saying he's a rising star. I just want your opinion. What about Austin Gomber out of Colorado? Um, so he's 11 and eight lifetime, 3.870 RA. He's pitched 12 games this year. They're four for five, but 
He's only got a four ERA, and most of his starts have been in Colorado. If you have a four ERA in Colorado, I feel like that's uh, kind of showing something. He's got a, a 1.14 whip in 63 innings. He's got 66 strikeouts, so he's averaging a strikeout an inning. Um, he's he's a little older. He's 27, but uh, he's just kind of somebody to watch there. And he pitched today. He pitched today. Q six innings, three hits, six strikeouts. That's not bad. You take that any day. That's yeah. that's dominant. That's dominant, especially yeah. being. I mean, against a very bad Texas team, but oh well. Yeah, he's he threw against the Pirates. Uh, I think the one the one day. Um, I might have been wrong. No, I think I was thinking of uh, Freeland. So I, I'm going to take that off. What I was going to say there. Uh, but no, I've seen him pitch. But yeah, he he he's good. He's a good pitcher. I'll go one more, and I think this kid can actually win a Cy Young. It is he just got off the D, uh, the uh, DL. He pitches for Houston. If they can keep their squad together down there, he'll 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 be their number one. I don't know about next year, but definitely the year after. Framber Valdez. He threw yeah. yesterday. He threw seven innings, gave up one one earned run, ten Ks. He's he's legit. I actually didn't think they'd allow him to go seven innings because he's just coming off the DL, but. He's he's a legit legit pitcher coming up. What do you think about that kid, uh, Michael Kopech, out of uh, for the White Sox? Throws a hundred miles an hour, can't stay healthy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He had so much hype too, yeah. so much. It's, it's him and uh, that Mike Soraka, both both all the <laughs> hype. They can't they can't stay healthy. I was gonna think I was gonna throw Soraka out there, but it was just that injury thing. Um, yeah, Achilles and. Tried to come back and uh, cracked in rehab, and then now he's got a shoulder injury. But dude, he was so dominant. He was like nine and two before he blew that Achilles out. He was just so nasty with his pitches. Uh, but I didn't yeah. want to bring. Him. It's I, a shame because those two have great talent, great arms. Yeah, if they can get him squared away, uh, both of them have bright futures. All right, boys. Let's. Um, if you don't have any more guys. Um, you know, maybe we can even throw out if there's a bust or two. If not, we can go right into the standings and maybe some uh, some odds. Uh, well, there's definitely some busts, especially <laughs> this year. Yeah, there's uh, there's plenty. I feel like we could actually have a whole segment on that now. That we should just call the New York Mets up and ask them how they like Frankie Lindor. I'll tell you what. You know who really gets under my skin, and I think it's because I see him on Twitter, jaw jabbing with with uh, Trevor Bauer as Noah Syndergaard. I can't stand that. He wants to run his mouth. He can't pitch nine innings in a season. Yeah, he's he's back on the day. I guess he had another setback too. Yep, yep. That's uh, that's probably one of the biggest busts. Uh, I know Smitty, you had said that uh, Strawsy's kind of like Mark Pryor, and as as deadly accurate as that is, uh, I think Syndergaard's got Strasburg beat on the injuries there. Well, yeah, it's close. <laughs> <laughs> I call Strasburg the Tin Man. He's the new Deshaun Jackson of baseball. He is. Hey, he has a bad start. He's going on the 10 day DL. I've been saying that his career. Well, you know, and I wasn't watching the game the other night, and Grant Paulson tweeted out that he was only hitting the gun at like 92. You knew there was issues there when Strasburg's hitting the gun at 92. There's something that wasn't right there. It's just. It's it's a guy that's just I mean he didn't pitch much last year in a very shortened season. He hasn't pitched a lot this year. A lot of money for a guy that hasn't pitched. 
Yeah, I'll even uh, I'll intensify that that statement. So it wasn't even ninety two; he was hitting eighty nine. That's when you know there's a problem. Eighty nine. Smitty, can I get uh, a uh, a bust out of you being a being a Bucko fan? Can we please label Gregory Polanco a bust? No, absolutely. I, I well, I was going to give you another one if you want to go Pirates. I'll go. I just, wanted, one. I just wanted to bust your chops. No, that's okay. I'll I'll do that. I mean, yeah, Polanco's a guy that. I will say he's had some pretty good ABs over the weekend. Now tonight, I think he struck out on a really bad call in a big situation, but I'm going to throw one out that Mitch Keller is just, oh. was supposed to be, you know, you thought he was going to be maybe the front, you know, with Ty on moving on going, okay, he'll be our number one. And we have him and we have some good young arms in the minors and we have something here, but Mitch Keller would be one that I think I would throw up there that you just never know. It's a very hit or miss, but yeah, Polanco, Polanco just has never from what it looked like when he came up to what he's done. It's amazing. And it's shocking how bad his arms got. Hey, here's a, this, this portion of the show is brought to you by trivial pursuit. Here's the, here's the question of the day since we're just, uh, throwing random junk out here kind of who leads the majors in in hits right now adam frazier what a job he's doing man i'll tell you what it's it's a shame if they get rid of him but honestly they have to get rid of him and sell so high on him i i mean if 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 you hold on to him i think his value just decreases i would sell him right now and see what i can get in return i think colin moran as well I think Colin Moran's got some upside as a good first baseman, uh, can hit the ball, has some power. You know, obviously he's injured. Um, no, he came back, didn't he, Smitty? No, he's he's uh, rehabbing. Him and uh, Philip Evans are both down in Indy. They're playing tonight. They should be back probably here in a couple of days. He's got a lot of upside, in my opinion, to a team. Like, if you're a team making a run for the playoffs and, uh, you know, you're let's say, let, let's say the Nationals, right? Josh Bell's just not cutting it out, in my opinion. Um, you know, Colin Moran, that's a team where if they made a run, he could instantly upgrade that position, you know, from a hitting standpoint. Um, cause right now the way I see it is Josh Bell is, uh, essentially an out when he comes up now he's, he's done a little better of recent, but overall, I mean, it's just not working out for him. Um, but, and I'll finish this segment as bus and, you know, me and my dad were talking about this and, and MLB has got to figure out a way to either do away with the rankings in minor leagues or maybe reevaluate it. But uh, the Nationals' top prospect was Victor Robles, and the number nine prospect was Juan Soto. And are they having total opposite careers? I mean, Victor Robles was supposed to be this, this flashy, powerful, just incredible hitting and spectacular defensive center fielder, was going to be the future of the outfield for them. And and while he's great defensively, he made a great play up against the wall earlier today. He just has not panned out uh, offensively for him. Um, you know, he was a guy they thought they could put in the two, three spot, uh, maybe lead him off. And and he's batting eight, nine, and, and he just can't get out of that spot. Um, and then you look at Juan Soto, who's lower ranked. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame guy if he continues on the terrace to be, you know, potentially one of the greatest hitters of all time. Uh, but yeah, Robles has, has definitely been a bust, in my opinion. But it's like we said on Sunday, Q, baseball is the hardest. You can yeah. get projected to be this star, and it just doesn't work out. 
and it's injuries to just whatever. And, and I, you know, we said it on Sunday night show. It's just hard. It's not like we said, it's not like you get drafted and you're put on the NFL team and you're going to be playing. Probably you sure. have to go maybe to single way. It doesn't work out. Maybe you get up to double way. Then we said, even on the show Sunday, there's guys that live in triple A that just dominate triple A. They come up to the major leagues. They can't do it. Yeah. Oh, all the time. All the time. I think a, I think a big problem with that is these kids are getting drafted at high school, 17, 18. And this is the, it's really the only sport that does it anymore because now even basketball, they make you go to college for one year. So you can get a little seasoning. I mean, these kids are going from hitting with aluminum bats against high school kids, hitting 490 in a season, which is 22 games. And then you're expected to jump into these minors against kids who are easily as talented you, if not more. And there's so many different leagues you can get bumped around. So you can get lost quick in baseball. You know, I think actually one of the worst things in baseball um, from a, a player standpoint and uh, like if, if, you know, I hope this situation occurs because it's a good problem to have. But, you know, if my child was to, to be a rising, you know, star um, in baseball, I think kids. So like, OK, I talked about the SEC, right? It's like double A minor league baseball. Um, when you go and play for a, a pristine program and you go to the college world series and, and you're there three, four years and you're facing these kids, um, one, you, your body matures two, your strength matures, um, your, your baseball IQ matures, um, you know, you're getting more at bats before you you hit the pro level. Um, and then you have these kids, you know, who come out of high school and they're, or come out of the Dominican or, or Venezuela or wherever they come from, you know, as an 18, 19 year old, and you're expected to, mature you know that much faster and uh i think that you know there's a lot of good high school players you know baseball this isn't the nfl this isn't basketball but uh you know it's definitely a a, a big gap you know in in terms of um skill level there in my opinion uh and it's a lot of pressure you know when you're a high when you're a kid coming out of the dominican and you're you've got cameras and stuff in your face at 16 years old that's a lot of pressure um and you have to overcome that at such a young age and talent wise Yeah, I mean, the foreign aspect that you just brought into it's huge, too, because you have these kids from Venezuela, Cuba, the Dominican. I mean, this is I mean, sure, they see it on TV. They see it on the video games and everything. But it is not the same as just going and playing in front of big crowds and media and all the hype. It's way, way different than what they're growing up with. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I think one of. one of Carter Cuban and Danny Espinosa's issues was, you know, I've said talk about the mask because it's hometown team. Uh, but uh, Danny came out of high school and then um, I believe Carter did as well. That's a lot of pressure, man, you know, to, to not live life and, and to be expected to be the greatest thing. And there's, you're just so every at bat people are tuning into, you know, and you're just, you're scrutinized on every swing. It's just the, the pressure is just amounts is it's immensable. And I think, too, it takes how much some of these teams rush guys up. You know, if you draft a kid out of high school, there's a lot of seasoning, like you guys have said, in the minor leagues. Well, some teams rush these guys up. Maybe they are maybe they hit it really quick. And then they're just, when they get up to the show or even maybe up the trip away, 
they're rushed through and they're not ready for it. You know, another thing with the kid out of Vandy, I'm going to read because, you know, with the Pirates having the number one pick, it seemed like the uh, uh, Rucker was going to be um, the number one pick. Well, a lot of scouts, if you read some things, now they're saying, has he peaked? Yeah. There might not be any growth there for him. So are you going to take him? Now, again, being the number one pick, Sometimes you try to maybe get another player and try, especially the pirates, they try to look then maybe and spend, try to spread it out and get a couple guys and just one guy with all the big, the big money they got to give them. But that's what I've read on him. Same thing overuse. A lot of college pitchers, they overuse them a lot. That happened to Brad Lincoln, one of the pirate draft pick number one years ago, pitched, uh, I think university of Houston. He, they, his innings was crazy. Well, he got in the major leagues, blew his arm out. And then, you know, they traded him. Then he became like a bullpen guy and was doing pretty well. And then kind of just, I don't know, kind of just kind of went away. I don't know really what happened to him. Um, but there, it's just like we said, there's so much with baseball. There's a lot that goes into baseball. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I just want to jump in real quick. So anybody listening? So Q's favorite team is the Nats. Somebody's <laughs> favorite team is the Pirates. And I am a Phillies fan. And I love to bust Smitty's chops about the Pirates. And he made a bet at the beginning of the year. Will the Pirates win over over 59, correct? I think, I think it's – yeah, I think it's 59. Future yep. bet 59. So it, right now they're through 54 games. They are 20 and 34. <laughs> it's exactly 162 games. If you triple it, you win your – you if, if it played out as is, you would win your bet by one game. That's how good cool. these – that's how good these bookies are. Oh, they know what they're doing. Exactly. Insane. It's absolutely insane. I was just looking at I'm like, holy cow. They yeah. would go six. They, they'd get 60 wins. It's amazing. I don't know how they scout that. I mean, or how you put that in a computer. But and it, listen, I'm not here to say there's uh, any any theory or anything going on. But it's just they are so deadly accurate. It just makes you wonder, like, is there something behind the curtains we're, we're not seeing? <laughs> Because how do you know that, like, exactly, if you did that, they're right there and they win by yep. one. And like, it's just, and they're, they're always so on. It's just incredible. All right, I'll boys. Give you one, I'll give you one yeah. last night, just how great they are. I took Westbrook under 23 and a half points. Well, he scored 24. Dude, it's, it's <laughs> unreal how accurate they are. I mean, I know it's all computer paced. Uh, but it's just, it's so accurate and it's just, it's, it makes you question it sometimes, especially when you're losing, when you're winning, you're like, man, I got this thing down. And then, uh, when you're losing, it's like, it's rigged. It's I'm telling you, it's rigged. <laughs> so, uh, Smitty, a great point. Touching on a quick NBA though, for, for you, uh, degenerates out there like us, you know what? I love the 76ers at the Hawks to win the series. Oh well, I and B doesn't play. Bet bet the Hawks. You're you're gonna get you're gonna get plus money right now before it comes out that he's probably not gonna play. Bet the Hawks. Yeah, it seems like yeah, that injury is a little more serious than what they initially thought. Some somebody I don't know who it was, and I, I wish I could give him credit. Said they say it's a like a minor tear of the meniscus, and somebody goes, "Is that like being maybe pregnant?" <laughs> or minorly pregnant. He's like, either you are, or you aren't. Either it's tore, or it's not. But he's he's right, like, yeah. doesn't matter how bad it is when you're seven foot one. He's yeah. like, it's not going to work. So yeah, bet the Hawks. 
All right. Um, I'll tell you another guy injured, uh, Anthony Davis, you know, just to finish that NBA off. They, this seems like maybe his injury is a little worse than they expected. Um, it's kind of hampering them. So they're in trouble. They're on the ropes. Well, I played the Lakers tonight, minus two. I just hope LeBron James stays on the court the entire game. <laughs> oh, you don't like Even if he goes to the Oh, bench, there's not... a zinger. Oh, absolutely. I, I was zinging him Sunday. Matt, I said it. it. He's, I can't stand the guy. And I'll say it. I don't care. I can't stand the guy. You watch their games. If somebody like loses the ball, he doesn't run back on defense. He just stands there. And then his guy's hitting a bucket, like a wide open three-pointer. And then for, I don't care. Hey, Ben McDonald said it great the other day. And I've been trying to get Ben McDonald to come on the show. One of the, one the of my pitcher. Favorite. Yeah. Pitcher in Baltimore, LSU. I've been writing yeah. him. I love Ben McDonald. I wrote him a, something the other day and he wrote back to me. And then I said, Hey, please, we'd love to have you on. He then wrote it on Twitter the other day. And it was so, he said it perfectly. He's like, young kids don't watch him. This is not how the game's played. Anybody, I don't care if you're losing by 60 points. Now, if he needed to get treatment for something, if he was hurt, I okay, maybe you go back and start treatment. I don't think there's an injury there. He does he, he got off the bat. There was four or five minutes left in the game. He got yeah. up and just left. Who does that? Yeah. And what what does that show to young? I mean, young kids, listen. I mean, you, you hear all these people always saying it. Dickie V says it always. Like, yo, kids, baby, don't watch. Don't watch that. Don't watch that at all. Stay, stay and support your team. It, that was that was ridiculous. The guy's a clown. I hope they win tonight by two because I have him. So go, go LeBron James. The pro- He's a clown. I hope they win by two. I hope they win by about 20 tonight and then lose in Phoenix. The problem is, Smitty, is they enable it. The, the league yes. enables Adam yes. Silver it and then most importantly magic johnson enables it you know when you were the face well other than you know obviously god bless kobe bryant may rest in peace uh jerry west um will chamberlain but magic johnson you know one of the the relatively newer um guys that a lot of people know you know in terms of a face of a franchise you've got to come in there and you have got to put that guy in his place you're a hall of fame guy you're one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game and he comes to your town and disrespects your team like that i've never seen magic johnson walk out five minutes left before like that now like you said you know if there's two minutes before halftime you got you, you know you took a bang shot to the thigh or something you got to get a, a worked on or you twist an ankle you know or, or at the end of the game you're getting blown out and you, you had an injury that you you know starting to prep for i get that but you, you know he didn't he's gonna say something or he's well, he's not gonna comment um but then he takes flack for it and they don't come out and they don't say like, Oh, he was getting an injury. He just does what he wants. He runs that program uh, and runs that team. And it's disgraceful. He's it's you. If, if you were the, the sixth or seventh guy on that team and you did that, do you think you'd play the next game? Of course not. They'd have your nuts and a vice. No, and I, you know, and I'm going to, I'll just piggyback off this just to go back to this. I heard a great thing the other day, uh, maybe about two weeks ago. Soto in a game for the Nats, supposedly, pop, I didn't watch the game, but I heard it on the radio driving into work. Soto popped the ball up and didn't run it out. Yeah. Davey Martinez, again, I whatever, I don't care about Davey Martinez, but Davey Martinez made him stand up in the locker room in front of the entire team and apologize to everybody. Oh, yeah. Good for Davey Martinez. I'm surprised. 
I'm surprised some snowflake didn't chime in though and be like, "Oh my God, that's you're embarrassing him and hurting his feelings and ego." <laughs> hey, get that trophy for everybody. Hey, let's move on. Let's go in. Can we drill? Let's real quick. Let's go. I know we bounced the NBA there, but I'd love to just really quick through the divisions in Major League Baseball. Yeah, we'll just finish on that and just see. Like Maddie can throw out with some of the betting odds and let's try to give out some of the viewers. If you want to jump on a, a, a future bet here on somebody that could win the division and get some numbers here, let's, let's, let's throw that out and let's try to pick some winners here. All right, here we go let's then. Go through all the divisions. Yeah. So yeah. Let's we'll, run through all of them real quick. So we'll start out. We'll start out. Uh, since Smitty loves the NL, we'll go there second. Let's start out with the American league. We'll touch on the big daddy of them all. The American league East. We'll get it rolling right out of the gate. Um, right now we have the Yankees are minus 115, Rays plus 275, Red Sox plus 375, Orioles are plus 600, and don't worry about the or the Blue Jays plus 600. Don't worry about the Orioles. So uh, I, I personally I I would keep my money on the Rays. They actually just pummeled the Yankees again today. That they team have- that team is playing phenomenal in my opinion, and they have the recipe to do it again. Yeah, they the last couple seasons when they've been good, they've had the Yankees number and they can hang some runs. For some reason, man, Tampa can win a lot of two and one, two to one, three to one games. Uh, but when they play the Yankees, they they like to put on some numbers. Yep. And their pitching is phenomenal. And if you can win those late games, two to one, three to two, and you're poised, that can take you a long way. Yeah, they're the organization that has basically started this trend. Hey, I'll throw six relievers one inning. To, to start a game until until yeah. you can get especially in a double header they've been doing it where you're gonna they're they're gonna throw six relievers and you're gonna get to the closer going into the seventh with one to go it, it's it's they're killing it right now they're they're actually a great bet to actually look at to win the world series this year they're 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 an ace away from winning a world series they need yep. that through number base. I'd be all over Tampa. I mean, there's no doubt. And I mean, one we talked about this Sunday night. The one thing they're 21 and nine on the road. I mean, a team that can go on the road. Now, I said it on the show Sunday. They're probably in a better mood when they go on the road. But <laughs> I I love that. And like, and the, the Yankees don't beat them. They can't beat them. Uh, and the oh. Yankees are the Yankees are I think in some trouble. Boston again, you know, we said it, Matt, I, I know myself and Q, we made fun of ourselves on Sunday night show. <laughs> we made fun of them at the beginning. They're playing really well, but you would have to think there's going to be, they're going to regress a little bit here, but uh, where the odds are right there, I'm on, I, I think it's a clean sweep by everybody there in the East. Take, uh, take Tampa. One, one quick bullet point though. Like uh, sure we can get it at plus money. Now the problem with, this division is the Yankees and the Red Sox have all the assets in the world to just pull a, a, a huge trade. Like, okay, hey, the Nats are struggling. Hey, let's go get Scherzer for one for one stretch run. The Rays can't do that. They they just can't and they won't. No, no, you you're dead on. They they don't spend the money. Their their Billy Bean ball uh, just executed better than the A's in my opinion. Or they'll call the Pirates and they'll just steal a trade from the Pirates. Hey, <laughs> see yeah. how I can make fun of the Pirates myself. You should make fun all, of the Pirates. This is, 
This is why life's good. Hey, can I just say I'm watching the Pirates right now, which they're losing, so that's going to hurt my overbet. But I just want to throw this out real quick. Well, I there's a Ross. Is it Detweiler? Remember yeah, him, Ross Detweiler? Yep. Yeah, he's pitching for the Marlins. Yeah, he's he's uh he he's been throwing okay too. Yeah, he has pretty good stuff. And uh, Hayes, he, another Hayes, a triple. So he uh, two or three hits already. If good. you're going to go to PNC Park this year, that's why you're going to see PNC Park. Detweiler was the uh, the national Strasburg before Steven Strasburg, and he just never yeah. Yep. Some injuries, arm. yeah. Good arm, yep. good arm. I remember him in college. I think he uh, pitched at Southwest Missouri State. It was yep. a high draft pick. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Right. AL Central. Uh, AL Central. So right now the uh, White Sox, huge favorite, minus 400. Indians plus 375. The Royals plus 1,400. Twins plus 1,800. Tigers, adios. I think Chicago is going to run away with that. I think Cleveland's just too pedestrian this year, you know, losing Lindor. Obviously Lindor hasn't been performing, so it's not hurting him that bad. But uh, uh, who else they lose? They lost Carlos Santana, if I'm not mistaken, um, yep. last they traded away um, uh, shoot Clevenger. That was a big, uh, big loss for him this year. I mean, it's really um, what Shane Bieber and um, one more pitching well for him. And then the rest are just very average. Yeah. Their pitching keeps them in it. I would yeah. actually, this would be a no play for me just because the white Sox is such poor betting odds at minus 400. I can't see if I were to if I were to throw any pizza money on anything, it'd have to be the Royals at plus fourteen hundred. But I don't think they can beat the the White Sox. No, they just don't have the the pitching, in my opinion. Yeah, they have young, good, decent pitchers, Singer and Keller, but they're just not yeah. there yet. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think. I mean, you would go Cleveland, but I'll tell you, Cleveland's boring. You talk about. I mean, they've already been no hit. I think once. Just not a lot of offense. Like you said, they have some good arms. I I agree. Again, you know, with the White Sox, Lynn Lynn's pitching extremely well, pitching well tonight. Does he continue what he's doing? I don't know. I mean, it seems like over he starts really quick and then he kind of goes down. We'll have to see with that. But I, I agree with Matt. I mean, you would have to just do if you're going to throw somebody different, go Cleveland, Kansas City. Q, you talked about Kansas City Sunday. I think they have some talent. I don't think they have a shot to win this. So I this would be a pass. We'll just throw yeah. a little bit. With uh with the so Kansas City, uh, if they make another move or two next offseason, I think they they could make a deep run. Um, but with the White Sox, Matt, can you pull it up? Maybe the White Sox might be one. Um, you know, since it's minus four hundred. I mean, if they all pitch well, Dallas Keuchel, Dylan Cisse, and um. Lance Lynn, and, and uh, you know, if, if Mercedes can get back, Tim Anderson hits well. I mean, they Giolito. have – Yeah, Giolito. I mean, they have yeah. the piece to make a deep run. So, maybe that's a team you look for, you know, if they could keep home field advantage or something through the playoffs, uh, winning the AL pennant. Yeah, they're they're second second in line to win the AL pennant plus 350. Uh, see, I, that's, to me, worth laying. I mean, I think uh, the AL is, is can easily be won. I'm looking at the teams, and – and uh, I don't see a team running away with it. See, I'd rather lay the uh, plus 800 on the Rays to win the AL. Well, hey, you do both and you win. Yeah. Hey, you're, you're right. All, All right. right. Let's go to the West. Uh, AL West. Um, this one's really intriguing because uh, we have two minus, minus money teams. So Houston's minus 120 
and the A's are minus 105. And then the rest, I mean, the Angels, with all their signings, were supposed to, and they brought in uh, Joe Madden. They're plus 2,000. Seattle's plus 5,000. Texas Rangers plus 20,000. Woo. Lay a dollar on the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God. Rangers oh. are bad. And Trackside breaks me all the time and is like, absolutely do not touch him any day they're horrible yeah. <laughs> that's his team can i i i want to hit on before we throw it out here I, I thought this was interesting greg peterson that's been on the show tweeted this out this morning so <laughs> seattle last night got shut out and i i think it was against um hmm, i don't think it was against i think it was against oakland they're five through nine hitters all right. So they had a guy catching Murphy. He hit 175. Yep, they had a guy Murphy. playing DH Nottingham, 130. Tyler Trammell in center field was hitting 157. Jake Mayfield was hitting 172. And I think it's Jack Fraley, if my writing from or this morning, if it was correct, was hitting 167. That was their lineup last night. So five through nine hitters, they were all hitting under 200. That's remarkable. I think there might be another kid, too. They had they brought up that Jared Kalenic, um, the the rookie, the touted rookie, and he's actually struggling, too. I think he's hitting like 170 out of the gate. And one of those guys had two hits in that game. <laughs> they got shut out. Just to let you know, they got shut out. I thought that was a great Greg Peterson well, they- that this morning. So I dove into the box score and I just wrote down some stuff on that. So, yeah, five out of the nine players in Seattle was 176 or worse in the lineup last night. They've been no hit twice this year. So what's that tell you? Bad. They uh- stink. I'm going to actually roll Houston on this one. I, I just think they have the depth. Uh, obviously, they've been battling some injuries. Um, you know, they had the cheating scandal. Uh, but I still think Altuve, like Bregman still hits really well. Um, they have a good bullpen, you know, good starting pitching um, with a lot of playoff experience. And Oakland is just that team, you know, they play really well. Um, now, they started off putrid, and then they went on a nice little tear of like 13 straight um, they just they don't have the depth, in my opinion, to make a true playoff run when it comes down to it. They just always let you down in the first round. See, I would actually lean um, Oakland in this one, uh, just slightly. I can't argue your points at all. I, I don't know if Houston has enough pitching this year, and I actually think the A's have a little better pitching. Uh, Cole Irvin was a nice find by them. They always have a good bullpen. Their home field is nice, but the problem is the Astros actually own them. So, yeah, it, it's smart to lean Houston. I would per, I would go contrarian and lean Oakland. Well, like like you said earlier, uh, in regards to like the Yankees and Red Sox, Houston has the money and they have the <laughs> dump and get another. You know, do they go get it? That we saw them do it with Justin Verlander the year they yep. won the World Series. Do they go and get Max Scherzer? You know, or somebody of that caliber. I mean, they could. They have the, the assets for it. So I would lean Houston. You know, minus 120 is not bad. I mean, that's just an average night. Uh, yep. night. Um, in terms of the Angels, that seems a dumpster file. I know you said they brought in a lot of talent. In my opinion, they didn't on the mound. I mean, their, their highly touted uh, pitching prospect, other than Otani, uh, was Dylan Bundy. So if that kind of tells you what uh, – you know, and, and they really tried to get some pitchers. Just nobody wanted to go there. So, what you know, what's that tell you about that program out there? Um, you know, when you're striking out on these play, these uh, primetime pitchers, 
there's a reason. I, I would lean, this is tight. I mean, I think this is really tight. I, I, I'd probably go with the Astros just, and I like Oakland. Um, Q, or Matt, I wanted to ask you something. That Irving, you said, was yeah. he a Philly, was he a Philly arm? I, I think, but don't hold me to that. And I don't think he ever panned out. Okay. And I liked him lefty. If I'm correct, he was pitching well, but I have a stat down because I really was trying to back him, but I think he is 0-4 with a 5-plus ERA in his last uh, four starts there. So he's starting to struggle out there in Oakland. And I agree with what Matt said. The Astros don't have a ton of arms. Granky's very, eh, you know, it's not will- the Granky like we've seen in years past. But I would probably take the Astros in this one. Smitty, you are correct. Uh, 19 and 20, he uh, pitched a total of four games for Philly. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, a stat I was just looking at, again, home and away, because, you know, with the ass with the cheating scandal, you know, they take a lot of crap on the road, the Astros, but 17 and 11. They should take the a lot of crap on the road. Oh, absolutely they should. I, absolutely. But you gotta, maybe that's motivating them. 17 and 11, and they're 11 and 12. Or no, excuse me. Hold on here. Nope. I'm sorry. Wrong stat. Wrong stat. 11 and 12 away. 11 and 12 on the road. Not bad, though, for taking as much crap as uh, they do on that home 20 and 13. If you can stay 500 on the road and then win, you know, two out of every three at home, you're, you're still a winning ball club. Yeah. Oakland oh. is 16 and eight or, or um, 17 and 17 and 17. And I'll tell you, if you ever watch an Oakland game, their home atmosphere is fantastic. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of people beating drums and just going crazy. And yeah, they say the right field there is the, the most diehard section in baseball. Good. I like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right field in uh, Yankee Stadium is pretty tough to beat. Uh, uh, they have so many fans in New York. It's just they're just shuffling in crazies after crazies. These dudes are the season ticket holders out there that just go crazy with the drugs. Well, those guys are the they they show up for an Oakland game and then come October, you know, they're the black hole. Well, not anymore, but they were. <laughs> All right, let's transition to the NL East. Okay, NL East. This is my my division. My hated hate the Mets, hate the Braves, hate the Nats. I don't mind the Marlins. So. All right, Mets are the betting favorite here. Minus 145, a little surprising, but they have the arms. Atlanta's second at plus 250. Phillies are third at plus 650. Nats plus 1,500. Marlins plus 1,800. Q, go ahead. Let's hear what you got. You know, uh, it's down to the Mets. And as much as I hate the Mets in Atlanta, um, I think this year might be the year the Mets get it. Uh, I know it's it's minus 145. It's not the greatest bet. But Atlanta, you know, if if they hadn't lost to Ozuna, I think I would have taken them. Um, but that was a big loss for them. And, and while they have the offense, their pitching is just – it's outright putrid. And we all know – and uh, we see it in every World Series. Pitching wins World Series and wins divisions. Um, the Mets are actually winning with a lot of injuries right now, even though they're nasty wins. They're kind of playing that Tampa Bay Rays dirty wins. Um, and they're 15 and five on the road on, at home. And they're playing just under 500 ball away. Um, I, I think they squeaked this one out, but I think it's a, it's the divisions beating themselves up. Like it's not, they're not going to win 90, game, 90 games. I think. This one's hard, I think. 
you know, could you get great value? Q brought it up Sunday with the Nats. Could they go on a major run here? They can, but again, Strasburg DL. Corbin did not. Corbin, you know, you can say Corbin threw shutout ball for a couple innings today. Then he got lit up. Again, strikeout. If Grant Paulson said it on the radio down here, if you keep looking at his year after year after year, his strikeout is going down, down, down. He only had four today. Corbin's a mess right now. So I'm going to take them, and I think the Nats will sell here. I think the Phillies have the offense. I like their starting pitching. Bullpen scares me. Marlins are done. I, I would, I would, you would have to go the Braves, but man, the Braves just, they have some talent. I'm a little worried about the arms in Atlanta. Yeah. I, I was, so my breakdown is I can't touch Atlanta because of the arms. Uh, their offense is fantastic. That ball's going to jump out of the stadium here coming up in the next couple months. Their arms are going to get even worse. The Phillies, being a diehard fan, can't back them. It's just their their arms. It's it's all come all comes down to pitching. Their bullpen is still average at best. They have the offense. The Harper will get back and they'll get rolling. And it pains me to say this. There's only one team I hate more in all sports more than the Mets, which is the Dallas Cowboys. But you have to bet the Mets, especially since uh, Taiwan Walker has become their third and become just fantastic. If you catch the Mets in a three game, five game series with, with those three starters, it's probably game over, especially with the Grom going to pitch two of them. If it goes five, their bullpen has gotten much better. And the craziest stat I believe is they lead the majors and games missed from the, the uh, disabled list. I think they have like seven starters potentially on the DL, Jeff McNeil, Jonathan VR, JD Davis. A lot um, injured. Brandon Nemo has been injured. Yep. I mean, they're- yeah. And uh, two guys in the bullpen, Tommy Hunter's been a really good uh, middle reliever. They have Dylan Batances in there. Uh, yeah. it, it, to me, it's, it's bet the Mets minus 145. It's a little crappy number, but I think that might be a safe play. Yeah. I, you know, I actually would lay the juice there. I don't think it's yeah. a stay- All right. NL Central. All right. This is for Smitty. Uh, we got the cards are the favorite at plus 110. Um, the Brewers next at plus 125, Cubs plus 500, Reds plus 1200, and the Pirates plus 2000. Well, I'm going to pass on the Pirates. I'm going to pass. It's a hard pass. I'll start on this one. I'm all over the Cubs. I really I, like what the Cubs are doing. Bullpen's pitching extremely well right now. Uh, their hitters are starting to hit the ball. I like everything about the Cubs. I, I think I think they're going to win the division. And it was funny because if you, at the beginning of the year, you know, who's going to get Chris Bryant? Is Rizzo going to go? Like, they're going to sell, sell, sell. I, they're going to be in buy, buy, buy now. So I'm rolling the Cubs. Smitty, you absolutely killed it. Me too. Killed it. Yeah. it perfect. They have the huge banking the, the bankroll, they have the huge fan support. They got fans all over. Their, their fan base is kind of like the Steelers in football. They're everywhere. They're going to go for it, I believe. And a huge stat I saw last night was Craig Kimbrell is back to averaging 99 miles an hour on his fastball in the pen and is on average, I think he's averaging 15.9 Ks a game if he were to pitch the whole game. He's back. And with him at the end of that uh, bullpen, it's lights out. Yeah, I love I love the Cubs. We're all on that. I mean, you look at their uh, you know their offensive powers. So Chris Bryant's kind of reemerged. 
Um, another guy who's looked pretty well this season, um, Javi Baez. You know, he had that issue, he had that scandal a year or two ago. I think it was distraction. Wilson Contreras, you know, is is one of the best catchers in the game. Rizzo, one of the best first basemen, can get hot at any time. Uh, bullpen by far is pitching the best in Major League Baseball. You know, Kyle Hendricks, Jake Sari- Jake Arrieta, and Zach Davies have just you know pitched in my opinion, highly above expectations. Um, and, and they have the ability to go out and get that, that guy uh, at, the, at the break to push them over. Um, with the Brewers, I'm not going to go with them because I just don't think they hit well enough. Um, and, and outside of Brandon Woodruff, uh, Eric Lowers, like a four or five on any other team. Um, I just don't think there's depth there. And then um, the Cardinals as well. I don't think there's enough pitching depth for them. I mean, outside of Flaherty, uh, Wayne Wright's hit or miss. Uh, you know, they have some offensive power and Arenado and Goldsmith um, and, and a couple others. I, I just think it's um, it's uh, the Cubs to win there. I think plus 500. I think if you put that in there, I mean, they're leading the division right now. I think plus 500 is the equivalent of taking them, you know, maybe plus 150 in my opinion right now. Yeah, I think that's a great bet. I think I think that might be my favorite bet on the board so far. Yeah, yeah, you know, and where they're going to need help, again, their starting pitching scares me a little bit. I think if you go and can get – man, wouldn't that be a team for, like, a Max Scherzer? Yeah. Go, go and – I mean, I don't know what their minor league system – you know, we've talked about with the Nats, Scherzer, you know, the Nats' worst minor league system in the game and rankings. And I could the, could the Cubs make a splash? Because Arietta is not – Jake Arietta, like we're used to seeing. I mean, he's not bad. Davies that goes tonight is not the greatest, but I mean, he's he's uh, okay. Um, the, the pitching scares me a little bit, but I, like you guys said, the, I love the bats. I think the bats are playing. Bryant, like Q said, is playing uh, fantastic. So yeah, I, I agree with you, Matt. I think it's one of the maybe the best bet on the board. Take yeah, the cup. so far. Yep. All right, let's go to the West. This is probably going to be the Second hardest to predict, and I hope these odds are completely up to date. This is off VegasInsider.com. So we have the Dodgers are minus 250, the Padres plus 175, the Giants are plus 2,000, and then the D-backs and Rockies are just out of the picture. I can't believe the Giants are still at plus 2,000. They actually have together a good thing, and I think out of all these three teams here, they have the best home field advantage because that weather in San Francisco, man, you can get one of those dull, dreary nights out there, and you have Gossman on the mound. It's going to be a two-to-one game no matter what just because the ball's dead. The Padres are just losing guys left and right. They had a collision in the outfield yesterday. might have two more guys hitting the – the DL Tatis is dinged up again. He's got something I believe wrong with his rib cage or torso. Uh, The number stinks at minus two fifty, but I don't know how you do not bet the Dodgers here. So I have on FanDuel, I got the Dodgers minus two ten, Padres plus one sixty five, Giants plus thirteen hundred, Diamondbacks and Rockies plus thirty thousand. Yeah. So, so they're they're close. I don't know when this yeah. is from. I pulled it up today, but ends a little better than two fifty. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I, the Padres I think the injury bug's going to get them. The Giants, I just don't like their lineup enough. I mean, when you're relying on Evan Longoria, Brandon Belt, uh, Crawford, 
I just don't see it. Kevin Gossman's pitching uh, uh, to me above expectations. Is he going to do that all season? Um, I don't know. The Dodgers, you know, people forget David Price is still with them. Um, you know, the Urias is just lights out. You know, if they get Dustin May back, uh, you know, that's just another weapon. Clayton Kershaw is always deadly in the playoffs. Uh, Walker Bueller, you know, everybody said, oh, he has, um, you know, how long can he go in a game? You know, he only averaged four point, you know, four and two thirds innings. Now he's pitching seven, eight innings in a game and, and getting better each inning. Um, and then they're just offensive firepower. I mean, to me, Bellinger really hasn't hit his stride yet. He had a little injury setback. Uh, him, Mookie Betts, uh, you know, Gavin Locks, um, Max Muncy. I mean, they're just too powerful. Uh, even t- minus 210, I don't think it's a bad lay for the Dodgers if you have the cash to put down on it. Well, I think the Dodgers by far are the best team in baseball. Starting to get healthy. Uh, you know, they if you watched them last night, I mean, they just jumped on Carlos Martinez. They scored 11 runs in the first inning last night on him. I had the run line on the Dodgers, so I looked like a very smart man last night, finally. Um, Bellinger came back, hit a grand slam last night. You know, Price Price is a spot start. They're kind of starting him. He's only going about three innings if he starts or four. I think that's all he can kind of do now. I think you'll see him more out of the bullpen. Again, Dustin May needs to come back, but they're, they're – and you know they'll do something. They'll make a splash. They're going to look at somebody and say, where do we need to upgrade here? But they're getting healthy. I think they have, um, uh, uh, oh, I lost a guy that uh, can't stand the Astros, a reliever. Oh, I know you're talking about. I can't think of it. Joe, uh, Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly's coming back, I believe. I think, wasn't he still on this team? I think he's coming. I think they're getting like even a couple more people I read the other day coming back. I, I could be yeah. wrong on that. But. They're getting healthy. They're they're by far the best team. I agree with you, San Diego. San Francisco, you know, Longoria is playing really well right now. Again, I agree with Q. Can They're an older team. Can they last this long? I think the Dodgers by far is going to win this division, and they'll win it by a couple games. Smitty, you stole my thunder. I was going to say, who's the oldest team in baseball? And it's the oh, Giants. It's not even close. I mean, uh, one crazy thing is, though, Jake McGee is their closer, and he is absolutely lights out right now. I think he's leading baseball in saves. Hey, they, it's it's been a great story. I mean, again, yeah. Longoria, if, if you would have thought, like, where did – he just, like, disappeared. I mean, he wasn't having – and he's having a great year. I just picked him up on my fantasy team, and yep. the night he, did it, he had a home run. Posey's playing really well. Posey's back to catching a little bit more this year than he had previous years. So one of the nice things about working from home is I get to watch a lot of day baseball. I'll just have it on in the background. And Mark DeRosa was on MLB, the show the other day, and he was telling a story. He's like, yeah, he's like, I went to San Francisco. I think it was in 2011 or 2012 midseason. They traded for him, a utility guy. And he said, we had Lincecum, who was in his Cy Young run at the time. And he said, but Buster Posey was in his first or second year, maybe his second, maybe second or third. Uh, DeRosa wasn't even sure. And he's like, this guy's just built differently. And he's like, how do I know? He's like, I think I was playing first, and uh, Lincecum's in the fifth inning, and out comes Bochy and calls the guys to the mound. And he says, hey, Timmy, how you feeling? He's like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> Posey just looks at him and goes, He's done. And DeRosa was like, 
what? Posey's got this kind of clout? <laughs> and and Boach is like, all right, let's go. We're going to the pen. <laughs> they said Posey just – he, he had like instant veteran listen-to-me status. And, and they said uh, – DeRosa actually told another story that he was in the locker room one time. And Posey didn't quite have the clout. And he looked at DeRosa and he goes, I think I'm going to speak up here. And DeRosa was like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I guess I, I – I mean, but they, he said, man, if you have the clout to say to a Cy Young winner in a, in a great run that you're done through the fifth inning, get out. They're like, this dude's a leader and, and just climb on board. And that's why they won those uh, every other year titles for three runs. Yeah, he's generational. You haven't yeah. seen it. I haven't seen a catcher come out since him uh, with that that ability. I mean, obviously him and Yachty are two first ballot Hall of Famers, no doubt about it, in my opinion. Now we and then we got to wrap up the show here, but um, we got a lot of catchers uh, in college that you know they're comparing to these guys, and, and in my opinion, you know, really don't have any highly rated catchers getting thrown around on the regular. You know, you always hear your th- your your shortstop, your center fielder. Uh, maybe, you know, pitchers are dime a dozen. And we've always had this conversation, boys. Uh, but that catcher, Mike Parada out of Georgia Tech, the one out of uh, – is it Del Castillo out of Miami? Um, and then there was one other out There's west. a new one. Uh, the kid out of Louisville is really yeah. high up. Um, I mean, they're saying that these guys are just top-notch catchers, you know, once in a decade. Um, so, I think when you hear that, I think the scouts are uh, pretty spot on. A lot of a lot of mock. I have a mock draft up now. Henry Davis, out, of, out of Louisville, and they have uh, him number three uh, to the Tigers. Yeah, um, yeah. They're they're uh, when you get once in a decade comparisons, uh, usually it's pretty accurate, and it has been uh, for a while. I think I think that's one of the hardest positions to predict though i mean you look at i just looked up yachty to see when he got drafted he didn't get drafted to the fourth buster i think was first round but then you have guys like piazza who yeah (laughs) i mean he went like round 46 or something and and being a phillies fan i mean we drafted jorge alfaro super high he he never amounted to to anything it's it's just a super hard position oh 100 100 percent i just think you know you always hear this guy's an ace this guy's an ace off the mound um, and there's more, obviously, more failure. Um, so I was just saying in the sense of, like, when you start hearing highly touted catchers, you don't hear that. That's not being thrown around year in and year out like pitchers and shortstops. It's kind of the point. It's funny, and then we'll go to the Belmont, and then we can wrap it up. Just looking at this mock, this Jonathan Mayo, four high school shortstops in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. What's it, the one out of Texas – they said, um, is the kid kind of jumped the uh, charts? Jordan Lawler, I think. A lot of he's yeah. still linked with the Pirates, but they have him taking the Pirates now taking Marcelo Meyer out of uh, uh, California. Lawler to the Rangers, Davis, the catcher, uh, Brady House, another shortstop out of Georgia to the Red Sox. Lighter from Vanderbilt goes to Baltimore at five. Kumarit Rocker out of Vandy drops the whole way down to six to the Diamondbacks. There's another shortstop out of North Carolina to seventh. Uh, an outfielder out of BC to the Rockies. Uh, the top young pitching arm out of high school to the Angels. 
and an outfielder going to the Mets out of college out of Sam Houston. So there again, it's it's athletes because then those shortstops you can move around a lot. I was I was just going to touch on that, Smitty. You, you know who you can blame that on is a Rod. He yeah. he he kind of redefined how you draft how they draft and look at shortstops. Yeah, well, I, you can even say uh, Cal Junior. I mean, shortstop third. And you can, I mean, yeah, because I mean, you can move them. I mean, you can they can play the outfield and they can go there. I mean, they go to, just, they're, they're athletes. Yeah, hundred percent. Trey Turner came up in the league as well. He's a, a true shortstop, but at the time they had Desmond, and so he started his first entire year at second. You know, and, and obviously did really well there, and then slid over when Desmond uh, didn't come back. But you know, they're so maneuverable. Turner uh, can Trey, actually play a hell of a center field. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he played some center. So, yeah. all right, uh, Smitty, uh, that's all I got for baseball. If you guys don't have anything else, to that's all I got too. No, I'm good with baseball. Let's just, I mean, I know we're going a little longer here. I can fly through this really quick. So, we got the Belmont coming up, the third big race out of the year. Now, again, a lot of things have changed. Uh, you know, certain, uh, a certain guy is not allowed to enter horses into this. Um, where's the action? We gave you the Preakness winner. We gave it out. We have a great guy, Trackside's one of our good friends that gives us information. He gave me some info on this. Again, it's only eight horses. Now, Maddie, I, I'm going to let you, because I know you're a big horse guy. I think we're the two horse guys on the show here um, with this. Trackside, again, he says everybody, he thinks this is essential quality. He said this is the horse to beat. He thinks it's a lock. He thinks this will win the race. He said, you know, uh, Rambire, then he got it the third spot. It won the Preakness. It ran the highest speed it ever did. Can it come back? Numbers don't look great for Preakness horses to bounce right back to this race and win. So that's keep an eye on that one with that Johnny V, Johnny Velasquez, Johnny V is in the saddle for that horse. I kind of like that to maybe be in the uh, maybe fourth in this race. Um I'm going with you know Rock Your World's another one that I really like. Trackside thought it was kind of weird that they kept Joel Rosario on it. Um, didn't run very well in the Derby. It went, it was leading and it's going to get out again in this race. It's going to go way, you know, got way back then in the Derby. So that's the big question mark in this. I like known agenda, known agenda in the Derby was the number one. It was put on the rail. It was the number one. Well, that's a killer. Now, the great thing about this horse, I think, can, can it watch the speed horses, which will probably be Rock Your World, maybe even Hot Rod Charlie to get out in front here and come back. I like Ired Ortez Jr. is on this horse, the best jockey out of Belmont. Now, the problem is he got thrown off a horse today and got taken in an ambulance. Now, everything they said, he was alert, he was moving. So we got to keep an eye on that. But I really like known agenda. That is going to be probably my number one horse in this race because I'm not going to bet essential quality. It's going to go off at such a just a wild number because it's going to be it's going to be the favorite in this. Hot Rod Charlie is one. It you know third in the Derby. It won the Louisiana Derby. Um, Pratt the jockey's on it. The big question mark: Does this horse have the distance? I'm not sure on that. So where am I going to go? I hit this. Um, I hit the Preakness, but I'm going to probably play a known agenda win in place. Uh, 
I do like essential quality to probably get second place. I'm going to, I just can't bet it first. So I'm going to go known agenda one essential quality second, and I'm probably going to go hot rod Charlie three on my board here, but I'm going to keep looking over the next couple of days and I will tweet it out. Matt, do you have anything on the race? I do. You actually stole my thunder. I like known agenda as well. Um, but here's the kicker to me with this race, because it is only eight horses. I think they're going to stay jumbled the entire time. I think these are all, except for the two long shots, I think these are all speed horses. And then I think when they get down to that last stretch, it's who's going to be the freshest, in my opinion. Uh, Nona Jenna doesn't have to worry about the rail. Essential quality is going to be there. Hot Rod Charlie's, I mean, his odds are almost as good as essential quality. Same with Ron Bauer. I think essential quality is going to get squeezed out. I think he's he, I, he may have run the most out of all these horses. I could see him tiring a little bit. So I would throw in known agenda horse six. I would throw in hot rod Charlie horse four. And I would actually try to get a little better odds and give me Bourbonic at 15 to one and squeeze out essential quality and Rumbauer and, and bump them to the four or five. Yeah, I th the thing that scares me about Ron Byer is just again only having three weeks off. Yeah, yeah, I think he, I think I think he'll I think he'll come out quick and he'll be right in the middle. He's in the three slot, so they're going to come out. I think they're going to be jumbled. I think they're going to keep it real close and see who sets the pace. And I could see um, essential quality setting the pace, and I think he's going to tire. Yeah, I mean, you said the number one. It won the Wood Memorial. Um, it was 13th in the Derby, 15 to one uh, morning line where I saw on that. Yep. Still, 15. you know, I, I agree with you. The five, the five uh, that France go, whatever yeah. it got seventh in the Preakness. I think that has no shot. No, uh, not, in, not in any race with distance. I don't think he does. No overtook, I think is the eighth. Uh, it's a Pletcher horse. It does have pedigree to do distance. But just no major wins and like really big races. A lot of second and third place, I think, finishes on that. So, no, I agree. I think, and I I agree with Trackside. Rock Your World's the big question mark. I really like this horse. And, you know, Rosario did not have, I think it had, he had some issues riding it um, in, I think, in the Derby. That's the question mark horse. Can, I, I, you know, Rock Your World's going to get out there. And it's going to go. Can it hold it the whole time? Could it hit the board? I think it could. I just, again, keep an eye on the jockey, Ortiz Jr., on known agenda. Again, on an ambulance, it was in an ambulance, got thrown off uh, a horse uh, today at Belmont running. You know, essential quality. I love the jockey. Uh, Saez is staying on it. It's just a, uh, that horse is really, really good, but I, I just can't do it. I got to find something to beat it. I agree with you. So like, I, so I'm glad it's nice to know we have the same horse there, Matt. Yeah. I, I was shocked. I didn't think you'd go that way. Um, you, you did bring up the eight horse. If I'm gonna, I might try to get to the Meadows casino, shout out to them, uh, on Saturday, I might throw a little pizza money on the eight horse though, just because he's 20 to one. I don't think the Franco go Diana. 30 to one has any shot at this. I think that's a, a loser of a bet, but overtook has a decent uh, distance pedigree in him. So it might be just worth, I don't know, a little uh, Hamilton on him. Yeah. Why not? Old man yeah. in the garage. He hit the Preakness winner too. He likes hot rod Charlie to win the race. So I wanted to give him a little plug. That is his horse that he's going to be taking it, but I will tweet out all my plays. You know, we're going to get some more. I know track side's not really, 
majorly into this race. He thinks it's a lock with essential quality. Again, he's a great uh, horse handicapper. I'm going to try to get some other people to give me some info. And, but you know, we'll try to, we'll try to uh, tweet out some winners for you there too. So, but that's all I have on the Belmont Q. All right. You guys know the horses. Uh, I try to get into horses. I just don't, it's just, I don't know enough about it. I don't know the jockeys as well as you boys. I mean, I'll dabble at, at Charlestown. Great establishment there. Great track. Very friendly, kid friendly Friday night. If you're looking for something to do, take your kids out there, get a hot dog, get a Miller light. If you're 21 or older, if not get an apple juice and enjoy yourself. It's a beautiful establishment. Uh, shout out for that plug. Um, that's all I have for today, boys. Uh, we'll get back next week. Um, you guys got anything? Now I was just going to shoot out our Twitter handles. Give us a look. Q Mills, Smitty Bucks, and myself if you follow Matt. And this is at Notebook Wagering. It's all free, all fun. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.